Welcome into Shat Talk, the People's Sports Talk Podcast, with your host, Bradley Shatra. And we are back with the Shat Talk NFL Podcast. And man, I mean, the game of the weekend was obviously Patriots versus Bills on Monday night. Some weird weather, and we learned some things about each team. I'll get into that. I also think it's interesting to kind of look at where the Chiefs are at right now. You look at kind of they're winning differently than we would have expected at the beginning of the year. So I'll get into that a little bit as well. You know, we've also got the Cowboys with a big divisional matchup upcoming this weekend. I mean, things could change with kind of like a hiccup in Washington. And it's not like that is past this Cowboys team right now because, you know, they're struggling to kind of find the consistency, get healthy, get everybody on the field. So we'll get into that as well and finish up with the five questions to finish the episode. But like I said, I mean, Monday night is, or or this past Monday night, I should say, was a very, very big game for both teams. It was very interesting how, you know, the wind was blowing extremely hard. You had guys that were making some tough plays. You know, Jonu Smith comes to mind when he made that catch uh, on a pass from Mac Jones, one of the few from Mac Jones, and, and Josh Allen was trying to throw into the wind and sometimes it took off. It, it was it was a weird weather night for sure. But I mean, like I said on the radio, it's not like you can kind of just chalk up that game to that because you think about Buffalo and New England, both of them could viably have to play in the playoffs in weather like that. So that's what's really so interesting uh, about that scenario right there is you really can't necessarily just write it off as all oh, it was weird weather because at the end of the day, like I said, both teams could be playing in that in the playoffs. I know I just repeated myself, but I mean, nonetheless, that was a huge win for the Patriots and it proved, I mean, this team is a playoff threat. And the reason I say that is because it kind of showed their versatility a little bit and it was impressive that they can compete with anybody in any conditions. And we finally have to accept that, you know, me personally, I'm not the biggest Patriots guy, but you got to speak unbiased about this team and they continue to prove that they can compete with anybody on, on the field, at least right now in this run that they're currently on. And we have no reason to believe that it's going to come to an end. But at the same time, you know, you look at the way in which they won the game, and that was really the story. I mean, 222 total rushing yards. Damian Harris had 111 yards on 10 carries. Like I said a little bit earlier, Mac Jones only two for three, 19 yards. They just, they didn't need to throw the ball. And, they just played smash, smash mouth football out there. They went out, and it was one of those things where the Bills knew they were going to run. That that was blatantly obvious. But when the Patriots don't miss assignments, they can really run that offense all they want. And it was obviously some some funny coincidence, maybe, that Bill Belichick was wearing that Navy face mask before the game because it it's really kind of the offense he ran in a way. I mean, they trusted their guys to go out there and execute in the way in which they were supposed to block and just create certain holes. And they were able to do that for the most part. I mean, that's really, that was how they moved the ball down the field, you know, and, and that's how they had to do it because of the weather. And 
I'm not trying to take away from the win at all, but I do think there's been a bit of an overreaction about the win. Now, yes, they adjusted the conditions, and it was pretty wild that the Bills knew what was coming and couldn't necessarily stop it. But at the same time, the Patriots scored 14 points. And, you know, I, I get that there was a muffed punt, and that ended up in kind of gifting the Bills seven points in a sense. But we can't pretend like they went out there and just ran the ball into the end zone every single possession that they had. I mean, the Bills did come up with some stops. They had some opportunities. They just couldn't get it done on the offensive end, obviously because of the weather, and they don't have nearly the running game that the Patriots have. So I think they did kind of in that fourth quarter realize, you know, we're going to have to pass it because we just aren't really equipped to play this style of football, at least in, in the way in which the Patriots went about it with running every single time. But I mean, it's it's like you listen to the the Boston radio. It seems like the Patriots are are going to the Super Bowl now. I and and they viably could, but to just write everything off and say you know game over, they're going to dominate the Bills next time they play, and the AFC is theirs. I just think that is a bit of an overreaction. Now, now don't get me wrong. I I was wrong about the whole you know Bill Belichick dominating the Bills, and, and I, I guess you can still say that. I mean, Ryan Collins wanted to come out and remind me of that. I guess you can still say that right now, but with a loss in a couple of weeks, I mean, you're right back to the same place. I mean, he's lost three out of the last four to Buffalo. So I think that's an interesting mindset, but hey, you know, I didn't want to take away from the win. Go go enjoy that, uh, you know, puff your chest. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not like they haven't lost two out of their last three to Buffalo. So you know, post Tom Brady. So, I mean, I mean, I wasn't necessarily wrong, but I get it. You know, you, you wanted to kind of rub that in my face, whatever. But like I said, I just think there's a bit of an overreaction here because you got to think the Pats have to go to the Colts after this bye week. And then they have the Bills again, which really could be a, a game changer if the Bills can simply just win that game, split it down the middle. And then, I mean, this thing becomes a whole lot more interesting. And then they finish with at Miami. I talked with this a little bit on the radio with Jamal Harris, and, and he mentioned that they finished at Miami. And, you know, that's a really good point because that could be three losses right there. You think the Colts next week, they're on a real – the Patriots on a real hot streak right now, but the Colts are a very good football team, going to be by far the hottest, best team they've faced on this winning streak. So you never know how that, how that kind of – after a big win like the one in Buffalo, it seemed like everybody was really, really excited. Obviously – you know, easy to focus back in once you have a bye, but maybe that goes the Colts way and then they lose to the Bills. And then all of a sudden you're looking at those last couple games of the season and anything could happen. So to to just write this off and make it seem as though the Patriots are, are winning the AFC, they're winning the AFC East. I just don't necessarily think that's true because while the Bills do have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then go to New England, outside of that, they don't play a team over 500. And hypothetical, I mean, that might be a little hypocritical, I meant to say, because obviously Miami isn't 500 right now, so you could say the same thing for the Patriots. History makes that kind of a tough game, and the Miami Dolphins are really hot right now. They've won a lot of games in a row. They're not necessarily the 1-17 that they started out as. They're really looking like a better team. That defense is playing well, and Tua's coming around. And like I said, I mean, that's the history of the Patriots in Miami, that's Bill Belichick's house of horrors. That's the Patriots' house of horrors. So you think about that, and 
this is not over by any means. I mean, I still believe in the Bills here. I, I, I think they still have a chance. Now, I get it. Sean McDermott, his comments after that loss were were less than ideal. It, it definitely seemed out of uh, touch in a sense. I mean, why react that way and show how upset you are in a sense? How Not defeated, but just... I don't know how to describe, you know, saying the comments he made about Bill Belichick, let's not give him too much credit. It's like, man, you kind of just got to tip your cap and move on to the next week. So I didn't necessarily love the way Sean McDermott handled all of this, but I just, I don't think the Bills are out of it yet. I, I think there is a clear path here. I think they just have to take care of business. If they stole one against Tampa, that would make this very interesting. But you think about the way in which the Patriots schedule rolls out here, the way in which the bill schedule rolls out here, it's not over by any means. I, I just, I don't think the loss at Buffalo was as backbreaking as the media is making it out to be. Now I get it. The bills were very frustrated. They showed that after the game in the post game interviews, but I, I just, I don't think it, it's the end all be all. I, I don't think they're, they're broken. Like a lot of people are suggesting. and. I will say, if the Patriots sweep the season series, if the Bills go to New England and the Patriots win that game, then it's over. Then I'll concede. It's over. Patriots have the AFC East. They're going to make it into the playoffs, most likely be a number one seed and have the, the bye. I'll concede. And the Pats are a very legit threat. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are a very, very legit threat this season. I'm not saying they're not. I am simply saying... This is not over yet. And the way in which that a lot of the media was acting, that at least that I've heard, seems like they feel that way. So I don't feel that way. I look at it a bit differently. But imagine, just imagine a Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick Super Bowl. And, you know, not everybody lives in New England. I do. So I get it. I look around. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I do get the way in which people feel about both people in that situation, Brady and Belichick and the history here and how heartbroken the fan base was. Trust me, I saw it firsthand and I truly think that would be maybe the most watched Super Bowl ever. I mean, you think about that storyline there and as much as all of America isn't going to be on the same emotional wavelength as New Englanders would be, you're, you can't tell me that they wouldn't want to watch that Super Bowl. It's one of those things where legacies come into play and the storylines that would come out of it. I mean, I remember doing, <clears throat> I remember doing a segment back in the day, probably a year, year and a half ago, where I talked about the Brady and Belichick divorce in a sense, or, or the split up, whatever you want to call it. And I said, you know, something about this has a feel to me of Kobe and Shaq. And, and the reason I said that was because they really, they were going back and forth, and, and Brady and Belichick didn't necessarily go back and forth directly, but there were some things that were coming out that were a little behind the scenes, made you think like there was some rifting going on there. So Kobe and Shaq ha didn't have the, the um, how should I say it? They didn't ha have the smoothest split up. You know, it, it kind of got to a point where they the Lakers were going to have to choose one, and, and, and Shaq ended up saying, all right, send me to Miami. The way in, I mean, yeah, Miami Heat, and, and the way in which I kind of related that to the Patriots was how Gronk came out of retirement, and he said he wanted to go play with Brady, and Belichick said, you know what, all right, you can go to Tampa too. He, he traded him to the Buccaneers. So then they end up together, and, and right out of the gate, Brady wins a Super Bowl, and, and 
he hadn't at that point that I said it, but it, it furthers this notion even more because Shaq, right out of the gate, won an NBA a finals ring. So he got a ring right out of that. And, and then after that, kind of the Lakers had to rebuild themselves and eventually Kobe wins back-to-back championships. He kind of looked back on it and say, hey, maybe he kind of he got the better end of that. And that's something I think that Belichick could do here. If Belichick can make the Super Bowl with this Patriots team, he could kind of be on his Kobe there. Because you look at Mac Jones being a rookie here, I mean, this could only go up. I mean, it it can only go up from here for the Patriots and Mac Jones. So it's interesting. You look at it, you think maybe Belichick's all of a sudden going to come out on the better end of this thing. I don't know if anybody cares about that anymore, but that's just kind of the way I look at it. And don't get me wrong, Patriots are legit. I just don't think it's over. Moving on to another team, another contender in the American Football Conference, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they were able to beat the Broncos this past Sunday, 22-9, and they still didn't look like the Kansas City Chiefs that we all know from the past couple seasons. They still don't look like the team we expected them to be here this season after the past couple seasons, like I said. I mean, the expectations going into this year would be the train keeps rolling, and that's just not been the case. I mean, they don't look right. They're not having the explosive plays. Patrick Mahomes is not the dominant force that he's been the past couple of years. And weirdly enough, their defense is playing really well. But I've come to a realization with this team, and it's going to seem like a bit of a pivot from my last segment last week where I talked about how this team doesn't even, at this moment right now, the Chiefs don't even look like a team that would win a game in the playoffs, never mind win the AFC. And I still feel that way because it's still true that they haven't come around. They don't look like that team that that could win this AFC or, or the expectation was for them to be the AFC favorite. And that's really not what they look like so far. But I will say the Chiefs are coming together, but they're coming together in a weird way. And how do I mean that? I mean it in the sense of, say you're trying to create a puzzle. You, you know, you like to do puzzles and you're doing a puzzle. And you get all the hard pieces out of the way. You find you find where they go, and all the hard pieces are put into this puzzle. But the easiest pieces, you misplaced in your room somewhere. You know they're in there. You know they're in your room somewhere. You just have to find them. And once you do, you put them into the puzzle. It's finished. And the puzzle's back. That's kind of how I feel about the Chiefs. They're... Hardest puzzle piece is their defense. Nobody expected this defense to play as well as they have the past month. To to be this good of a defense at this point in the season is just not something they expected. So that's there. But the offense, the easiest puzzle piece in a sense, because that's what's been their identity the past couple seasons, that's what's kind of holding them back here. And once they find that, once they get their offense going, because it's it's somewhere, it, it, it's it's in this team somewhere, same core, same quarterback, a, a similar offensive line to what they've had. I mean, not necessarily the greatest offense, but, but it's, it's, it's a good one. Once they get that going, that's when this puzzle comes together. That's when this team can really take off. We saw it in Vegas. I mean, they really took to the Raiders. They they put a pounding on the Raiders. And it seemed like they were back at that moment. And they kind of reverted back into this team that 
just doesn't have that high-flying offense, doesn't have that offensive firepower. But we did see a little bit yesterday at the beginning of that, not yesterday, this past Sunday against the Broncos. They came out and they got the 10 quick points. Mahomes had that rushing touchdown, but then they they couldn't get the offense going for the remainder of the game again. But I'm telling you, this team, the minute that this offense clicks, because of the level in which the defense has played at, they're immediately AFC favorites again. Immediately. Because here's the thing. As much as the world hates the Chiefs, it feels like anybody who's not a Chiefs fan, I mean, excluding me, because I love the Chiefs, I love Mahomes, but excluding kind of the Chiefs fan base, it seems like they're a pretty hated team. Do you really think they aren't scary? Do you really feel that way? And and I get it if you're if you're sitting there at the mic right now and you're like, yes, they're not right now. They are not the scary uh, scary team right now. But you got to think about it. They're not playing well, and they are still winning. Obviously, because of their defense. Now that's another story in itself. Their defense is very good. So I mean, at least in the past month, they've been really good for this team. They've come away with a ton of stops, a ton of chances for this offense to take off. But but that shows you how good they are. And Mahomes may be a little bit off. He may be having some mechanical problems, trying to get a little too fancy on some simple throws. But if he makes some adjustments, this offense could come around very quickly. The minute that he starts taking what the defense is giving to him and, and, and starts to create the chance for those big plays again, those momentum-swinging plays for the Chiefs, this team becomes a force, very tough to beat because of the fact that their defense is playing well. They're still one of the most dangerous teams in the AFC come playoff time because once they make it in, they have all the playoff experience. They've played in the biggest games you could imagine. And there's no overwhelming AFC opponent right now. You look around, the Patriots are on a very hot winning streak, but they got a rookie quarterback and. I, the Chiefs, if their offense could come around, would be a very tough assignment for that Patriot defense, as no matter how good they are. And having a rookie quarterback in a game of that magnitude, you wonder if that kind of gets in the way at all. Now, maybe it doesn't. I mean, we saw them just win a game at Buffalo, not even throwing the ball. But that's a little bit of a, 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 a over-the-hill the expectation every week. I'm simply saying... There's nobody in the AFC right now that you look and say, oh, well, you know, the Chiefs have no chance against them. All it takes is one game for this team to turn it around. And they're one, maybe I shouldn't say one game, maybe two games in a row. But there there are two games in a row from this offense playing well to all of a sudden being right back in the driver's seat here in the AFC. Their record has them right in this thing. As, as much as they, they haven't been the high, they, they've set such insane standards for themselves that we look at what they're doing now and, and don't recognize the fact that, hey, they've won a lot of games in a row and they haven't even played their best football yet. Now, I have my doubts like anyone else about this team because they haven't necessarily this season given me any reason to believe what I am saying. But based off the past couple seasons, having the exact same, at least offensive core, Super Bowl core of this team, I'm starting to think they're going to be the AFC champs this year. Because like I said, all it takes is this offense coming around for 
the last couple weeks of this regular season and heading into the playoffs in a good spot. Maybe I sound like a broken record and I always come back to this, but look at what the Buccaneers did last year. And the Chiefs aren't the Buccaneers. I get it. That's Tom Brady. It's a whole different animal. But what I'm saying is the Bucs got themselves in a good spot. There was a point late in the season last year where the Bucs really didn't look like a Super Bowl team. And the minute they just got some momentum two, three weeks heading into the playoffs, they played their best football at the right time, and they made a big run. And eventually, a team like that, when they get that hot at the right time, it's tough to stop because of the talent they have along with the momentum that it kind of swings their way with a run like that. I don't think the Chiefs are out of this in any way, shape, or fashion. I look at them and I think, that's a team right there that hasn't even played their best football yet, but viably should be viewed as an under-the-radar threat. Because the minute they do start playing their best football, they're going to be two, three weeks away from the playoffs, and they're going to head into the playoffs rolling. If that never happens, then I'll I'll, I'll stop singing this tune. I'll definitely change my tune. If if the Chiefs over the next month can't come around and can't look like the high-flying offense that we've seen Then heading into the playoffs, you think, well, I mean, I just don't know anything about this team. I don't know what to expect. But all it's going to take, like I said, a couple weeks, three weeks before those playoffs, this offense can simply get rolling in any way, shape, or fashion. You think about all they need is 75% of the offensive firepower that they had last season based off of the way their defense has played. And they're they're a team that, that could absolutely win the AFC. And to me... They're the team that I'm starting to think is going to win the AFC. I said at the beginning of the year, kind of got off the wagon for a little while, hopped on the Bills wagon, and I still believe in the Bills. I just said that last segment. But I I am starting to think that the obvious answer to who's going to win the AFC was right in front of us all along. We just didn't want to believe it because they aren't playing up to the standards that we've expected for them. But look around in the AFC, and you can't tell me there's anyone that they can't beat in a big game based off their playoff experience, based off the way their defense is playing. They're an under-the-radar threat. They really are. Moving to the NFC, I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys because they're, they have a big game this weekend. They have a big game on Sunday division-wise versus the Washington football team. And quietly... Washington's won four straight games, and with a win, they would be one game behind Dallas. One game. All it took was was a run by this team, and now they're right back in the swing of things in the NFC East. And because of the fact that the Cowboys haven't been able to get consistently healthy, they haven't played very good football over the last month, a team that's lost more games in their last five than they've won, All of a sudden, Washington is right there on the heels, and now they have not one, but two more games remaining against the Cowboys. They are very much in this this thing. Now, the Cowboys are going to play Ezekiel Elliott, and it seems like he's going to play a full workload. For some reason, they are saying that his knee shouldn't be or or should be 100% three, four weeks from now. I don't know how that makes any sense at all because I've never heard of an injury getting better when you play through it. I think that kind of is something for the media that they're throwing out there to make everybody feel a little bit better, but it's not necessarily true. But the interesting part now is Tony Pollard's a game-time decision because he has a torn plantar fascia, I believe it's called, 
And he said he did that on his big touchdown run last weekend. But that's a big deal because Tony Pollard has been great for this running attack. And and with Zeke ailing and having those knee issues, not looking like himself, not being as explosive, Tony Pollard has been a huge, huge help. And, 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 and honestly, massively important to this offense. The change of pace and the way in which he can run. I mean, we, like I said, that run he broke off last weekend was a game changer. And that's something that Tony P has in him. He's a great player. He's really explosive. That's going to be a big loss if the Cowboys don't have him, and it's going to put a lot more pressure on Ezekiel Elliott, a guy who shouldn't have any more pressure than he already has right now because he's already ailing a hurt knee. He does not look like the same guy. I am the biggest Ezekiel Elliott fan out there. I mean, truly, I there's nobody in the sport that I like more, but he doesn't look right right now, and that's why I said last week I thought the smart way to approach this would be throw him on the IR, get him three weeks of rest, Get him back right before the playoffs. He gets himself into a good spot. He's healing. He's rehabbing. He continues to work out. And all of a sudden, he's back and he's healthy. He, he, he could be more explosive in the most important at the most important time of the season. I mean, yeah, while, I, while what I said about Washington is true, they're very much in this thing. The Cowboys are in a good spot record-wise. I mean, they could have afforded to kind of maybe get a healthier Ezekiel Elliott out of it and make life a little bit tougher on them for three regular season games. I mean, you think about their offense and the passing attack that they have, they have enough where they should be able to at least take two out of their next three. Maybe that's a, a, a tall task to ask because Ezekiel Elliott is such a big presence in the, the blocking game and he does have such an effect on this offense that way as well. But man, this does not look like it's a good situation for Dallas. It seems like a lot more, or not a lot more, but more of a workload will be put on Ezekiel Elliott's plate, and he's just not in a position to take more of a workload kind of trying to get his knee back into a good spot. I, I think that is going to be something to watch in this game is how much does Zeke play? Who's If Tony Pollard isn't in there, is there going to be another back that can kind of come in and change the pace at, at least get them in a good spot for Zeke to get back out there and get some rest. I don't know, but a win for the Cowboys pretty much seals up the division. And maybe that's how the Cowboys are thinking about this. Maybe that's how they're approaching. This is, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, getting Zeke some much needed rest. Maybe they're looking at it and they say, if we win this game versus Washington, it's pretty much a lock that we have the NFC East and they're going to win the NFC East. And if that's the case, they could get Zeke some rest because the games in the coming weeks wouldn't necessarily have as much of a meaning because Washington would be out of it for the most part. I mean, assuming Dallas didn't fall apart if Zeke was to get some rest, but maybe that's the way they're looking at it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We're going to play Zeke this week, try and get a win. And if we get a win, that's when we can get him some rest. I don't know. But this Sunday's a big day for Dak Prescott. It really is because... Zeke's going to be there to block. They'll be fully healthy on the offensive side of the ball for the first time in a while. Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, they're all going to play. And as much as they were fully healthy last week, this is kind of the second week. They're not getting back into it for the first time in a while. Everybody should be 100% ready to go on the offensive side of the ball. Washington's defense is coming around. 
and, and they've really played well for this team over the last month. So this is the type of game where Dak Prescott earns that contract that he got. This is one of the games where if Zeke is ailing, if he, if he is not 100% and, and he looks that way yet again, the passing attack is going to have to be very good. Dak Prescott is going to have to be very good for this team to take a game on the road, divisional game that means a ton. Washington could get themselves right back in this thing, get on a five-game winning streak, this is where Dak has to be the best version of himself for the Cowboys. This is where they need a big day from Dak Prescott because the running game has a lot of questions right now. There's there, there's not a lot of definites, like I'm saying, with Tony Pollard being a game-time decision. Zeke Lilly, you don't know what to expect from him right now. This is where Dak Prescott has to come through for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the defense for Dallas is going to be interesting as well because – it's possible that both Tank Lawrence and Randy Gregory will be back. So the passing rush for the Cowboys will be something to watch. They are their two best pass rushers. They have struggled to stay on the field. They have struggled to stay healthy this season. But if they are back out there, this Cowboys rushing attack should be much better. And this defense, because of it, should be much better. This defense fully healthy, I think, could do could really be a good defense because of the fact that they have a good pass rush and they now have some playmakers in their secondary. Curses come around. You still obviously have Diggs, who seems to just be in the right place at the right time a lot and guesses correctly to get those interceptions. And that's what takes me kind of to my next point about this Dallas defense is they feed off of takeaways. That has really been something they've excelled in this season. And you look at Taylor Heineke, he has an interception in every game this season besides four of them. Now, he has been better in the last month. He only has an interception in two of the last four games, only one in both those games. So he has been a lot more efficient. But like I'm saying about this Cowboys defense, they thrive on takeaways. They're good at getting them. And Taylor Heineke's not necessarily a guy that that doesn't make a ton of mistakes. I mean, he is susceptible to some mistakes throughout the game. So Dallas is going to need to get a turnover or two and and allow their offense the ability to take them home. Because I think they I really think Dallas's offense can get something going because of the fact that they're pretty much fully healthy. It's going to be a lot of passing. So that's going to be something to watch because you know, history doesn't necessarily suggest that's the best way to go. I mean, if you if you watch uh, um, Skip and Shannon, I mean, Skip always wants to say, you know, it's the magic stat when the Cowboys run more than they pass, they win. Well, listen, that's probably not going to be the case against Washington. I don't know what the weather's going to look like. Probably going to be a bit cold, but at the end of the day, it, it's going to be a lot of Dak because we all know, like I've said throughout this segment, Zeke's not in his best physical state. But it's the type of game that can really get the Cowboys back on track. I mean, you think about the season they've had. They've been good. Health has been a struggle. We've really seen some, some games where they just don't have a lot of their team on the field, at least their best players. So that's obviously been something to overcome. It's been a rough month and a week. I mean, the last five weeks have really been tough for the Cowboys. But you win a game like this, you kind of secure up the NFC East. You got two wins in a row. Everything's looking good at the perfect time in the season. He can get healthy, maybe get Ezekiel Elliott some extra rest. This is the type of game that the Cowboys have to have. And that's got to be the driving force.
To finish off today's episode, I've come up with five questions to end the episode. I'm just going to give my answers on these five questions. Now, I haven't written anything down, just the questions. So these are kind of just going to be be off the dome. I thought of them real quickly, jotted them down. And these are the five questions that I came up with. Number five, do I buy the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? Well, I buy them to be a viable playoff threat, and I buy them to potentially make the NFC Championship again because the defense has been pretty good. Aaron Rodgers has been special. They're the type of team that, because of him, they can really compete with anyone else. But you also look around and you see the Cardinals and the Rams that are also going to be battling for this NFC to go to that championship game. I don't know. I don't buy them to be Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. No, I don't buy the Packers to win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And while he's been good, they've been good. They're just not the team I see coming out of the NFC. And I'll get to the team that I do see coming out of the NFC, but the Packers are just not that team. They're very talented. And and I believe in Aaron Rodgers to get them to another NFC championship game. But I'm just not sure that they have enough offensively to get to the Super Bowl, if they have enough defensively to get to the Super Bowl. I'm never going to doubt Aaron Rodgers. I think if he went elsewhere and had a little bit of more firepower on the offensive side of the ball, he could definitely still win a Super Bowl. So it's not about him. It's more about the rest of the Packers team. I just don't buy them to win the NFC. Number four, thoughts on the Ravens going for two versus the Steelers this past weekend. Now, obviously, if you didn't watch that game, the Ravens, they tied the game and at the end of the game, instead of kicking an extra point, they went for two to win it. They tried to get that comeback win. Harbaugh had all the faith in the world in Lamar Jackson. Now, my thoughts on it are it was on brand and it makes sense because the Ravens are a very aggressive team. They believe in their team on fourth down, so why shouldn't they believe in their team in a two-point conversion situation to win the game? I mean, they take risks like that because they have the threat of Lamar taking off That that is so heavy on the defense's mind that sometimes it can open up an easier passing lane or even a running lane for the running back. But I did think it was a bit of a strange call because of the fact that you go to overtime there, Lamar Jackson, if you win that coin toss, Lamar Jackson gets that football back. I mean, who's to say he can't get you right down that field and and either get you back in the red zone or, or get you an immediate field goal and then you trust your defense. Now that brings me to the next point is, Harbaugh said that he was down some cornerbacks on the defensive side of the ball. He didn't feel like it would have been smart for his defense's sake to go for, to to not go for it and to go to overtime. That just wouldn't have been a smart move for his defense in the injuries or the health spot that they were in. So that makes sense to me. It was on brand because they're an aggressive team that likes to go for it in situations that you wouldn't necessarily usually go for it in. But I also thought, I mean, just go to overtime there and Lamar takes you home. But, I mean, it was a good play call. I mean, Mark Mark Andrews was open. Lamar Jackson makes a little bit of a better throw there. They win the game, and, and I'm sitting here talking about how genius it was and how, how awesome it is that Harbaugh has that type of confidence in his quarterback. So I, I guess I gave kind of an in-between answer there. I liked the call, but I was kind of with everybody else where, yeah, it was definitely a bit strange when you think about if you go to overtime, Lamar could probably bring you home anyway. Either way. Number three, are the Bengals an under-the-radar threat in the AFC? No, they are not. And the reason I say that is because I think the Bengals are a year or two away. And they're a good team. They've had some impressive wins. They've also had some brutal losses like the ones, like the one to the Browns. 
And while they have a good record and they're very much in the hunt here in the AFC to make the playoffs, I think that's really all they're going to do. I don't think they win a playoff game. I like Joe Burrow. I like the offensive weapons they have at the wide receiver position. When you think about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, but I I don't think the Bengals are a threat in the AFC whatsoever. I mean, as much as I I just got done talking about how kind of there's no overwhelming person in the AFC to beat. I would still take the Patriots over them. I would take the Bills over them. I would take the Ravens over them. I would take the Chiefs over them. So there are a lot of teams in the AFC that I just think have better rosters, have a better chance of winning the AFC. And, you know, like I said, maybe the Bengals make the playoffs. I think they're in a good spot to potentially do that. But I don't necessarily think they even win a playoff game. I really don't. And I think they're a year or two away, but they're good. I mean, they're they're good in a sense that they're going somewhere. They're building something over there. So it's going to be interesting to watch how the Bengals develop over the next few years. Number two, the Vikings are now 5-7. and seven. They play tonight on Thursday Night Football. They will take on the Steelers. An interesting game there because, you know, they're going to be without Adam Thielen. The Steelers kind of have some momentum going right now. The Vikings are coming off a really brutal loss against the Lions. So you think you're probably going to get the best version of each team tonight. But is it time to fire Mike Zimmer? And I think it is. And the reason I say that is because it's just getting stagnant and it's 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 the simplest kind of it's very simple offense. Uh, Kirk Cousins is is a pretty good quarterback. I, I think that he can really make the throws you need him to make and and he's he's a guy that can make some throws that you need him to make in the fourth quarter in in big moments. So it's not like they don't have the quarterback right. Uh, they have a decent defense, not the best one that they, they, they don't I mean, they have really, really solid offensive weapons. When you think about Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I I just think this is a team that's underachieving. And they're much better than their record suggests because they've lost a lot of one-possession games. They play in a close game, it seems like, every single week. But yeah, I do think it's time to move on from Mike Zimmer and and get another coach in Minnesota because like I'm saying, this roster is better than 5-7. and seven. I don't think he's getting the best out of them, and I think somebody else could. Number one, who is my Super Bowl favorite after 13 weeks? Well, it may seem unoriginal, but it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the reason I say that is because they are high-flying right now. They are rolling, and they're not even healthy. And yes, they did get Rob Gronkowski back, and the minute he comes back, scores two touchdowns, and he was heavily involved the week before. Gronk's one of those guys that as soon as he's in there with Brady, and Brady knows he's out there, He's got a guy to rely on when it matters the most, and he can still rely on Mike Mike uh, Evans and Chris Godwin, but Gronk is his guy when he needs a big play in the biggest moment. We've seen it time and time again, so that's definitely something that is encouraging about this Tampa offense is that they have kind of Brady's favorite guy back in there to do his thing and then obviously still have the weapons in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the outsides to really do their thing. The running game has come around. Leonard Fournette the other day had a five-touchdown day, and the, the defense is starting to get a little bit more healthy. Murphy Bunting is back. They're getting in a good spot, and as much as Antonio Brown has a suspension, his his status is up in the air. I don't buy that they're not going to bring him back. I think Antonio Brown will be back on the field once the playoffs start as well. They'll be healthy again. Brady looks like an MVP. As much as he has kind of that one, two mistakes a game, that's like anybody else. But man, does he still look unbelievable. 
the Buccaneers are my Super Bowl favorite right now. And, and as a Cowboys fan, that does pay me to say because I'd like to see them win the NFC. But man, the Bucs seem just they are they're they're too much right now. And they're only going to get better with the return of Antonio Brown, with Rob Gronkowski continuing to get in the flow of things as much as he had two touchdowns last week. I mean, he, that was only his second week back from an extended period uh, of, of injuries. They're a dangerous team. And I think anybody in the NFC, anybody in the entire NFL is going to have a very hard time with them. And all things point to them winning another Super Bowl, potentially against the New England Patriots, which would be, that would be something. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I appreciate anybody who took the time to listen. I'm excited for the games this weekend. I think it's it's a big weekend for the Cowboys. Obviously, it's a big weekend for the Bills. They have to play well against Tampa. They have to give themselves a shot because if they could steal that game, man, oh, man, does it make their next game against the Patriots that, that much bigger. Thank you for listening once again, and I will see you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in and spending some time with us. Make sure to stay posted for new episodes and content. This show was recorded at Rhythm Room Studios in North Smithfield, Rhode Island by Nick Cloutier. Cloutier Productions, LLC.